have you seen or checked out Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities on Netflix? No, I have not. But I uh, and I forgive me for not remembering who uh, the person who said this was. But someone either messaged us or wrote on Facebook that like this is what American Horror Stories should have should been. be. It's <laughs> kind of. I mean, it's an anthology series. Obviously, each episode is different. I've only watched two, to be honest. But the first one was really good. <laughs> um, I was yeah. impressed. It was. I can't remember the guy's name, but he was. He starred in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Art Thou? Um, John Turturro. Uh, no. It's not Clooney, obviously. Is no. it the third guy? The the other guy, the shorter guy. Ah, <laughs> uh, he he's been in a couple of other Coen Brothers things too. I don't remember his name though. Uh, he was really good in it. Um, uh, Tim Blake Nelson. That's the one. Yeah, uh, it was it was fantastic. Uh, the second one was definitely a different tone and a little weirder, more comedy, but in its own was pretty cool too. So I recommend it. Um, well, I was it? Try- okay, okay. Um. I was trying to get um, people to watch Barbarian, which I also heard was really good, uh, but that was a little bit too long. But the hour-long format of Cabinet of Curiosities worked for people's schedules, so we watched one of those. What's Barbarian? What's Barbarian? I'm not so even familiar with that. That is also on Netflix. Um, it is about a woman who stays at like an Airbnb, I think, and she like there's someone else in the house that she's staying with. Apparently, it's amazing. Um, and oh, damn. yeah justin long is in it and bill skarsgård i guess uh, i didn't recognize any other names uh but it's uh, supposed to be yeah. like i've gotten a few people say like dude check it out it is like one of the big like hits of halloween the justin long is on should we make that a thing are we here yeah. for it <laughs> i'm here for it <laughs> <laughs> oh lord um anyway it's thanksgiving mode now so not really Ooh. Yeah, I don't know that I have any horror movies that like really speak to Thanksgiving, but <laughs> shall we dig in? Let's do it. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to This American Horror Story, an unofficial podcast about the FX hit show American Horror Story. I am your host, Tyler Moss, here with my co-host. Chris Husted, what's up, everyone? Tyler, we are halfway through. Halfway through after episode number five of American Horror Story NYC. That episode is, in fact, titled Bad Fortune. Excited to dig into it uh, with everybody in a minute here. A couple of things to kick things off. As always, we like to say, please um, feel free, as always, to reach out to us with your thoughts, theories, all sorts of those things at thisamericanhorrorstory at gmail.com, or you can message us at um, facebook.com slash this American Horror Story. We really appreciate that with uh, questions, theories, whatever you have. Um, I'm going to run through a couple of uh, comments we had from the past week. But before I do, I do want to call out that Chris and I are approaching this week slightly differently. We're going to split up episode five and episode six rather than do the back-to-back, um, which has been taking us, I think, the past two weeks I've been recording podcasts till 2.30 a.m., which... Listen, I don't mind, especially after a couple of drinks, but uh, just with some illnesses going around and stuff like that, we decided we're going to spread things out and spread out the wealth just a little bit. So you can expect episode six to drop uh, definitely between now and next week, obviously. But, you know, in right. the meantime, you've got episode five to keep you happy. So that's yep. there. A couple things. First of all, Angela and then others were kind <laughs> enough to point out to us 
that in fact we missed the Hannah and Adam conversation about <laughs> Hannah having a baby. Uh, obviously, <laughs> after watching episode five, that's very clear. They're having a baby together. Uh, Adam was a sperm donor, you know, all that kind of stuff. I do want to point out, and this is a personal thing to me, that I think I have a hearing problem. And I think, oh, I no. don't know if it's from listening. I don't know what it comes, where it's come from, coming from. But I've noticed it recently where like, if I'm in any situation with people where uh, like somebody's talking quietly and there's other like ambient noise, it's, I am like terrible at hearing what somebody's saying. Mm. And I notice it with TV shows too. If I don't have the, like, I almost watch everything now with closed captioning um, just because I feel like I'll miss stuff otherwise. And I think for a while I was convincing myself that it was from like accents and things, but I think literally. You I actually just, have some hearing my loss. My hearing just, uh, yeah. yeah. God, that's awful. It's not, Ugh. it's not unusual. I know plenty of people, not plenty of people. I know a few people in their thirties, definitely just that's happening. I live with one. <laughs> Too many concerts, man. I think I was yeah. like, you know, too many times I was up against the speaker, I guess. I don't know, but... Uh, <laughs> you lived hard. Especially, oh, yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you, no one is going to say that about me, but... <laughs> my, yeah, so apologies for missing the pregnancy. Um, obviously, crucial plot point, but hey, it's not like it was a surprise. But um, in our defense, a lot of people pointed out that that when they started having this conversation in that scene, people thought, did I miss another scene that helped set this relationship up? I didn't even know they knew each other, so... We weren't even if we had caught well, it. Well, that was the spin. Yeah. Well, that that's exactly the thing. Is it like it? It also it it kind of came out of nowhere. It, mm -hmm. it did seem like maybe they cut a previous scene where at least we were like supposed to realize that Adam and Hannah knew each other. So yeah, you know, is what it is. Um, the other thing I wanted to point out is Jennifer's been the one feeding us really good info on the Plum Island situation, and she sent over some more. So I'm going to read off a little bit more about the background on Plum Island, um, courtesy of Jennifer. Plum Island is a government research facility that was established under the USDA in 1954 to study animal diseases. This uh, facility developed a vaccine for foot and mouth disease uh, in 1981. It's located off the coast of Orient Point, New York, and became a Department of Homeland Security, um, I guess, base or outpost in 2003. On September 15th, 1978, there was an outbreak of foot and mouth disease, which required all that all livestock on the island be destroyed. Obviously, this harkens back to the shooting of the innocent deer. Um, that included 94 cattle, 87 pigs, 66 lambs, 28 rabbits, 27 chickens, and six horses. Um, how precise. <laughs> on August 18th, 1991, a hurricane led to power failure on the island, making it impossible to regulate the temperature of disease samples. And this allegedly led to illness uh, for exposed maintenance workers. But the facility never acknowledged such claims. So there's conspiracies that really did exist around Plum Island in this capacity. Um, there are some other improving conspiracy theories related to Plum Island. One is the facility was founded in the midst of Cold War, uh, midst, midst of the Cold War for biological warfare purposes, and its primary function was to weaponize diseases, not study them. Another claims that Nazi scientist Eric Traub was recruited to work at Plum Island as part of Operation Paperclip, though there is no record of Traub's employment. Then there's the theory that the facility was conducting illegal tests and experiments on the nearby civilian residents of Lyme, Connecticut. Experts argue that documented cases of Lyme disease existed before it was identified and known as Lyme disease in 1981. Finally, some have even credited Plum Island scientists were creating the Montauk monster mm. after an unusual animal carcass was discovered by beachgoers in 2008 and a photograph of the creature was published by Gawker. So all that background to hmm. say... There's a lot going on with Plum Island that mm -hmm. has a, you know, as, as many things in the season do, it kind of has its 
roots and reality, although some of it is kind of obviously playing up some of the conspiracy theories. Um, I mean, obviously the story Fran told Hannah mm-hmm. about how he worked at Plum Island uh, was scratching at some of the stuff around the Cold War, around Nazi biological warfare and that kind of right. thing. Um, so, again, really appreciate the background info, as always. So thanks for sending that along, folks. And um, before we dive into the rest of this episode, as always, we sincerely appreciate it when uh, you folks have a chance to uh, contribute to our ongoing server costs. Um, if you like the show, just a little donation goes a long way. So we sincerely appreciate it. Um, you can do that at buymeacopy.com slash T-A-H-S. That's capital T-A-H-S. You know, five bucks, it really does uh, make a difference. So, you know, we sincerely appreciate it when you have the time. And, Definitely. Um, and everyone who's given us money, you guys rock. I mean, we yeah. everyone, you all rock in general. You don't have to give us money, but yeah, we do. No, Very thoughtful. Course. No, p- patrons, we appreciate it. And just patrons from your listenership, we appreciate that as well. Uh, before we dive into, uh, what, what was this one? Bad Fortune. Chris, what are you drinking this evening? I'm pretty boring tonight, unfortunately. I got some dad duties later, so I have a LaCroix uh, Raz Cranberry. <laughs> what do mm. you have, Tyler? Like, oh, fancy LaCroix Raz Cranberry. <laughs> I do have cider, and uh, I think it's rye whiskey in here. Too. Okay, nice. But, yeah, switching up slightly. So, cheers. Cheers. Happy uh, post-week of Halloween. Mm-hmm. Recovery week. Um, you want me to dive in this cold open? Please do. So we're back in the bathhouse and, uh, we have a singer, uh, who is singing witchcraft. Uh, and there's like two scantily clad, uh, bas- uh, backup dancers with just like towels around their waist. Um, and we realize this is not actually Patty Lupone's character, whose name is Kathy. Uh, but it is the impersonator and she stops the impersonator for being too nasally she wants authenticity in her replica, uh, but then she gets a call and at the bar and she picks it up and she says, you got to be effing kidding me. So then we get to Fran, who's shopping on uh, the street, produce shopping on the street at a, I'm assuming at a bodega, uh, when she spots a psychic shop uh, across the street. She walks in there and it turns out Kathy runs the psychic shop. Uh, and she had, I think, two psychics walk out on her recently, and Fran is there to answer the help wanted sign in the front. Um, Fran says she needs a job, thought she already had a job writing for the, for the, um, the, what, the village? Oh, the, the native. Yeah. The native. Okay. Village native? I think it's just the native. The native. Okay. Um, but uh, she really needs a job. She'll do anything for it. She has no experience with tarot cards. So Kathy just gives her deck, says, learn it tonight, come back tomorrow, and show me of some some competency with it. Um, and she, I, I forget how it comes out, but Kathy talks about how, you know, this isn't, this isn't, psychics aren't real. This is entertainment. Um, everyone here who comes should leave happy. And Fran says you know i'm not about just giving people happy news i'm not about this you know fake optimism in the climate of the world right now that's just not her then we get to fran at home she's on the phone with her friend who we've seen before at the newspaper or the publication and also at the doctor's office um with the scratch marks the itchy friend uh and they're talking and um fran kind of comes around to it and says like i i kind of I, I get what the point is i i get why um she 
wants to you know give some hope to some certain people at this time um and then her friend asked her how is she doing with it she's like i can't tell the devil from the hangman and there's probably a good tarot joke in there that i just don't know because i don't really know tarot cards that well anyway Fran wakes up in the middle of the night and she looks out her window and looks across the the way to the building across the way and in the window she sees big daddy looking at her and then we cut to the credits uh, a friend, Big Daddy. Um, first of all, I want to say that Kathy's protege, the singer, I love this guy. He's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. He's like, he's a lot of fun. I enjoy yeah. having moments of him singing. Uh, it like very playing up the Broadway. I think she didn't love that he was being kind of parody with it, but I kind of enjoyed that. So yeah. Yes, yeah. I appreciated it. Um, I also think it's funny that Kathy owns this side psychic business, which yeah. I can't imagine is like a huge, you know, moneymaker. Um, but it reminds me of like, I don't know. I feel like it's a, it's a trope with some things where it's like there's a, there's a small town where like the same person runs every business in town or something like that. But it's yeah. kind of obviously because um, it's New York City. Schitt's Creek did that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. That's what was the, with the real the realtor? The realtor. Guy. Yeah, he's also a photographer. Like, yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was always funny. Um, so this is all kind of amusing to me. Um, and obviously, like psychic shops like this are kind of a hallmark of New York City life um i don't know if you see that many around anymore after post pandemic but i certainly feel like they you know played a role in new york history um they always seem to be in the same locations and they just never leave so how are they making that much money i guess they're making maybe they're, they're, well. from, maybe, maybe they're all my fronts that's what i was like, just thinking yeah i think they less ways to like launder money or something um also in this kind of in this scene theory i mean Kathy kind of straight up says that she's taking advantage of the gay community because it's a certain point when they drink too much is when they come out and they mm-hmm. want to get fortunes. You know, it, it is an interesting kind of back and forth where Fran's like, well, she wants to paint an optimistic future for them amidst this. Like, but take their money. Really, yeah, well, take their money and also like it's They're kind dying. of a whitewash future when really everything is pretty bleak. Mm-hmm. Um, good point. But obviously the cards turn themselves to a certain degree later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in some some ominous scenes and so yeah and then yeah big daddy shows up again he shows up multiple times a lot of questions for you about where big daddy's storyline is going at the end of this so we'll see okay we get there i have some ideas uh, uh okay so credits for this uh, episode written by arlie J and jennifer salts american horror story and stories in some cases uh veterans and then paris barkley was the director of this episode uh, from what I can tell, had not done an American Horror Story episode up until now, but longtime mm. television director, directed Glee, directed episodes of Dahmer and The Watcher as well. Okay, so the, the Brian Murphy production family, just not horror story. Right, which is sometimes to me, I'm like, how has how, how are we how are we getting a new person who existed in the Ryan Murphy universe yeah, that hasn't we touched just... American Horror Story yet? You right. Know? <laughs> oh, maybe they don't want to do it anymore. No, they do. They yeah. Do um so adam and hannah you know that's where we start this episode in the actual kind of meat of the episode this is where they actually are talking about the fact that adam was the sperm donor for hannah um she seems way more pregnant than i feel like we've seen yeah, the that's so what i thought like, too very is noticeable it still, it's is it still summertime like how much time has passed since, since uh we last had our, our moment um, i can't mm-hmm. imagine it's that long so that right. part's i'm like oh, that seems a little like she just it's almost like uh, her baby bolt just like popped out overnight or something like that but yeah um they're walking down the street they spot uh the psychic place and go in and of course fran is at the table 
this felt so before we get in the scene i just i I wasn't happy with i mean it's exciting to see characters connect and cross paths but this felt so forced with like no motivation whatsoever first of all we've never seen hannah and adam hanging out together and talking about pregnancy with the exception of that one time at the hospital which was very weird (laughs) that we missed it and then fran all of a sudden decides that she's going to become a Just because she was shopping and saw it across the street. It was it just felt very contrived and forced. And American Horror Story does that. This we know. Um but, but the season hasn't really done that up until exactly. Now. So That's why I was a little disappointed. Felt, it felt a little bit out of place. Yeah. And it felt like a weird combo of characters. I totally agree with you. It's like, well, okay, so let's talk about it. So, mm-hmm. you know, he starts she starts reading cards for Hannah, and of course there's a death card, and then um they start to get kind of pissed. So should then, you know, Hannah convinces Adam to get his cards read. And then it's like, I think. His first card's death. His first card. Okay. His first card's death. And she had Hannah normal cards. Three death cards in a row. Yeah. The first time. Yeah. The first um, time. yeah. And, and then, then Adam, Adam gets like pissed off on Hannah's behalf because she's pregnant and stuff. And then it's like, eh, but like, do we really, I mean, I guess he's the father of her child but at the same time. It's like, we haven't seen him interact until now. So how much do we yeah. really believe he's like very invested in upholding her honor here? um so they get pissed off and walk away but then it's like the deck looks like it's all full of death cards for a minute and then it's like mm-hmm. the lights flash and then it's normal right cards in. yeah 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 they're like the music- so are they all hallucinating or what's going on here i i have to say that i felt like the music in the tarot scenes was overbearing it was like <laughs> it was like ominous to a corny degree for me a little bit i because it felt like more traditional American horror story where it's over the top and everything else this season so far has been really much more subtle and for, for, for yeah. American horror story. Yeah. And I felt like the music was trying to force a mood on me that I wasn't mm-hmm. quite feeling like it was like, Oh, this is supposed to, you're supposed to feel like this is really spooky and terrifying as they're flipping over the death cards. And I just wasn't feeling it. So I was like, yeah. you're trying yeah. to make this a thing and it's not working for me at this point. Yeah. I love a good tarot card scene. Don't get me wrong. Don't and don't worry. We're gonna have seven more by the end of this episode. Yeah, um, I don't, it but it did feel the, forced. It must have been the setup. Yeah, I don't know. It must have been the setup or something. Also, part of it is like you know, I guess Fran was possessed at one point, and we see that a little bit later. But like, I don't know, Sandra Bernhard and Fran being the tarot reader. It's like I mean, I mean even Kathy at one point is like these characters have kind of been kind of funny and stuff like that. Yeah. I, it's hard to see. How, like, I feel like if we wanted to sinister tarot scene we needed like a more ominous tarot card reader mm-hmm. i don't know some other presence besides just three people dicking around right our power our kind of parallel um storyline here is between barbara and patrick mm-hmm. um barbara who is like i think we start with her like maybe throwing up in the bathroom or mm-hmm. something she comes back to they're at the the divorce lawyers like conference room like you know fleshing out the deep finer deep details of that divorce mm-hmm. and uh she she kind of says that she's been sick lately um and then so we think know, pregnant probably uh, yeah that's what i wrote in my notes too but it was like well with patrick though? I, I don't know um i think so, they did yeah yeah but recently I yeah that's I mean, a good point good point but maybe yeah well we'll get to it but like maybe he was cheating on her and brought something back yeah i mean and that's possible too right so hard to say but um you know barbara sends the lawyers out of the room and then like seems to try to like ask him if she, like they can get back together which didn't quite track with the way she'd been no. interacting with gino in the past few episodes no like, she he leads a stark life that she didn't even know who he really was and stuff like that 100 percent, she was trying to uncover what his truth really was and trying to get gino on board with him to help investigate 
And then she's like, I want to stay friends. Let's just be married and be friends. <laughs> Does not track. I, I mean, I will say that the first time we met her was like, you know, she had never not been married and on her own before. Remember, she was like, she got a job at like Sex Fifth Avenue or like some department store. Where she was like selling right. shoes, I feel like. Right. Right. And so I guess it tracks in the sense that like, maybe it's just that she doesn't know what it's like to be alone. And that's that's true. Struggle. She got the dog. But still, it did, you know, it did feel a little dissonant from where we were at last episode. We could, uh, I mean, I know, put another scene in to show us that fear of being alone, perhaps. It would have sung a little more, but. Right. After the back and forth, she signs the divorce papers and then promptly passes out, assuming, Mm -hmm. presumably related to whatever her illness is. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, wakes up at the hospital. Patrick's been patiently waiting by her bedside and she reveals that she's gotten a dog and she needs someone to take the dog out. Mm-hmm. so patrick returns mm-hmm. to the house the lights don't seem to work uh this scene for me was just like generally hard to see and there was a part of me that's like am i losing my dark and my eyesight <laughs> like this yeah. is game of thrones or house of, the, house of the dragon it's too dark can't see what's going on yeah. it was kind of dark um uh, the dog barks at closed door patrick pulls his gun and then big daddy's inside a closet and basically beats the shit out of patrick and throws him around until he seems to pass out and starts assaulting him, I feel like. I think he was trying to like grab his junk and it, that's I was Oh, so sexual assault, yeah. Yeah, sexual assault, sorry, yeah. Um yeah. literally looking like he was trying to rape him. Um like crossing the line from um BDSM to actual violent sexual violence. But right. it stopped short of that, it seems. Right. I want to put a pin in what's going on with Big Daddy till the end of this episode, because I'm curious to hear what your theories are. But, you know, wake up to Patty's at the house with his cop buddies come to visit. Um, And there's a lot of questioning going on. I mean, the cop says something like, was there a tryst gone wrong or something? I don't know if we're presuming at this point that that the department knows. knows, Yeah, I think they do. if, if, If like, you know, police chief. Cal Penn has like passed along yeah. info to everybody else that Patrick's gay. But it, it, it seems like that was somewhat the insinuation. Um, and Patrick was like, no way. And then also he's like, well, did your wife, like your ex-wife knew you were coming here? Like she could, she had planned your murder basically. And he's like, he, I mean, Patrick does seem to believe, you no, know, she isn't capable of that pretty quickly. Well, um, yeah. He, and he asked a lot of questions that like, oh God, is Barbara's closet, the metaphor, you know, how did he know I was here? Uh, how did he get in the closet? Like, uh, like, which obviously the euphemism of a closet for, uh, or the metaphor of the closet to come out being in the closet, what that all means. It, it's a little heavy handed, but um, and the questions that he asked were pretty on the, it's a little too on the nose. On the nose. And Patrick's like, how did he know? Um, so, you know, <laughs> that that's happening. Um, and why don't we, uh, well, and then, you know, I'll just skip ahead to the part where Patrick brings Barbara back to the house. The lights are actually working this time. The house is a mess, but Barbara wants to stay at her house. Um, and I'll shower hold off time. until we get to the shower scene. Okay. In our other parallel storyline, at the hospital, Adam passes Whiteley in the hall, by the way, which mm-hmm. uh, from uh, I don't remember if it was one or two episodes ago, but when we were reviewing some of the... Um, I guess, analogous serial killers from New York history. One of the ones we had pointed out was this last call killer mm-hmm. who we thought Whiteley was based on. And folks might remember that the last call killer was a, I believe worked at Mount Sinai hospital as a, like Children's... in the pediatrics department yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So 
So that lines up with Wiley now being seen as a nurse being passed in the hospital as Adam is on his way to see Hannah. Um, he pretending to be her husband because he wants to learn. I guess he just wants to be there for her during. He's showing up. Maybe. Even though she didn't ask him to. But we do learn from the blood panel that Hannah has a low red blood cell count, um, which is a trait common with for, for HIV patients. So just like all the fire victims she took blood from, including Adam. Right. And I believe also including Theo, right? I don't remember. If, I, she said something to Theo and I was I was going to hit rewind real quick, but I didn't. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But Adam does tell Theo, he relays his information to Theo. Right. Well, and so Adam and Theo are on the street again after this. And Theo decides that no matter, even though Adam had this terrible experience with the psychic, that it'd be romantic if they go what back. What a great boyfriend. You had, a, you had a traumatic experience here. Let's go do it again. <laughs> yeah, this time the cards are judgment and the devil which both of which fran really tries to spin into positive things yeah (laughs) until she gets to death um at which point the like whole shop begins to shake and she speaks in like a demon voice and basically says like you're the one who's going to die Mm -hmm. um and then you know she comes back to is shaking back to life and it's just like oh no it's just the subway yeah um so they have a pretty disturbing experience once again and then again flee the shop uh, back at the native, Adam shares Fran's like weird tarot powers. He like Gino. snitches on her. It's he's like he runs to Gino immediately and tells him all about Fran, and obviously Gino doesn't believe it. But it's just a weird conversation to have, all just to get Gino to go get his cards read. I don't know that I believe Gino would really do this after having I don't gone through all. It. Yeah, like a- after everything else Gino has been through up until this point, he's like finally back at the paper after having been kidnapped and assaulted and having gone to the hospital because of like a weird flea infection. Um, Would you not just wait for Fran to come to the office and be like, Hey Fran, I heard you're reading tarot cards. What's up with that? Yeah. And I can't imagine that, you know, he's really, uh, you know, adhering Super close special. to like trying to execute on this investigation himself. And I can't imagine he really thought that going and talking to Fran in a tarot shop was going to advance his investigation. No. So, I, I didn't believe this whole exchange where Adam convinces Gino to go talk to her again. Uh, anyway, but Gino goes there and he calls out Kathy's there as well. Of course he calls out Kathy for taking advantage of the gay community, which is something we kind of talked about at the upfront of this episode. So she just said, she's going to give him a ring herself. Again, he gets the same three cards that I think Theo got judgment, the devil and death. Um, another deal he they cut the cards again it's the same three cards again and then again like creepy scene or supposedly creepy scene in which the lights go out uh and then kathy seems to channel some kind of demon and then we learn it's not just a demon but it's like the angel of death again kind of floating around behind her um which were you praying and hoping that it would be our francis conroy showing up as angel of death uh, again I was, yes. I absolutely was hoping it would be uh, Shakath. Is that how we said Sh- the name? Shakath, yeah. Shakath. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was a, I think it was a younger actress who was playing the Angel of Death in this. They, they um, disguise her enough, though, that it could be. Maybe they couldn't get Francis for the cameo, but. They did the hair the same way, I feel mm-hmm. like. And the voice uh, sort of sounded similar. But I had, so, but even then, like maybe Francis Conroy would have saved this scene. I still felt like it was kind of corny. I don't know if you felt differently. And this is the thing is like, I feel like Gino has been a great character in his storyline. I really liked up until now. And it just felt like. Well, this is, (sighs) we're stepping into the supernatural 
you know, area. And if this is our real, our actual first introduction into an entity, it feels very out of place to happen in daytime in New York City in the basement of, or not even basement, just the front room of the, of the uh, psychic area through one of the most trustworthy characters um, that we have, Gino. And he seems very sober too. So there's not even a reason. It just, I don't know. I don't know. I agree. It was a little too heavy. I'm right. If now, if this was, had been episode five of any other season, it would have been just right at home probably because we would have seen the scenes like this from the jump, but this one's just different. It felt out of place. And then of course it's like, um, you know, it's very, I feel like this entire episode just felt a little bit too on the nose to use your phrase earlier. It was like, everybody around you is dying. Everybody's sick. Everybody. You're trying to save them. Yeah. You're just scared too. Little boy. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It was like everything up until now has been, I've done a good job of like subtly conveying this message. And it was like, there's not really a reason to be so hit me over the head with a blunt instrument about it, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but a couple, you know, how does this episode end? We have Barbara prepping a shower while Gina's in the bath. They both, I think they both notice skin lesions, or at least they both have skin lesions, but I don't know if Barbara notices hers, right? I just um, saw Barbara trying to masturbate. Okay, so she didn't have skin lesions and Gina had the skin lesions. So yeah. Gina's exploring his skin lesions while she's kind of getting off to the memory of Patrick. Or, yeah. or I, yeah, I couldn't tell if he was actually in the in the bathroom shaving, or if she's just having a memory of him. I, oh, I, think, I don't think I don't think he was really there. I think okay, she's, so I think she, it was the memory. She was mm-hmm. got it, got it. Because okay. that's where he finds her later, right? So yep. she's she's getting off to the memory of him in there, and then all of a sudden, Big Daddy appears in the shower behind her and strangles her. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep, from behind. Well, yeah, we see Gino. Yeah, Gino see. We think Gino sees him behind in his mirror, and then he looks back, disappears. And then, boom, he's behind Barbara. Yes. And then, of course, Patrick goes to check in on Barbara and finds her dead in the bathroom and absolutely pissed. He goes home and, like, is re- or he goes outside and is ready to, like, fight the cops who are in the car. Because mm-hmm. how did that person get in there? Mm-hmm. Uh, Where did know, they go? Back at home, right. Back at home, uh, you know, Gina's comforting Patrick. And I think this is when Gino notices a sore on Patrick. Like yes. under, yep. under yeah, Gino's kind of cradling Patrick and then he kind of pulls his like tank top down a little bit and you see he's got a little lesion on the back of his shoulder. Right. So he and got the epi- it. exactly. And then the episode ends with Mr. Whiteley, mm. um, who is uh has apparently some really large warehouse type space where he has <laughs> yeah. the two artists uh strapped to like surgery tables. Um and, you know, he kind of gives this whole spiel, as a good villain does, about changing the city and they're not dying in vain and this and that. And then he specifically calls out the Pride Parade that's upcoming in two weeks um, and how bullshit it is. So an inflection point in this season is going to be the Pride Parade. So maybe yep. I don't think that's the body. It's probably two episodes out, I would guess. I was just going to check the name of the episodes. I'm sure we can figure it out. <laughs> mm-hmm and uh lowers this like strange contraption which at first i thought was just like a crucified victim but it seems to be uh a some kind of like person puppet that's sewn together from various victims yeah he even calls it 
Yeah, so it's kind of like a Frankenstein type thing. Um, I was going to say more like a Buffalo Bill type situation. A Buffalo Bill type thing. He's been collecting body parts and creating his own body uh, that he's going to bring to. So maybe pride. that's what the maybe that's what the body is about, right? Is it's about yeah. to send together bodies? So that could yeah. be yeah, yeah. He calls it the Sentinel. I think he's he's piecing it together oh, to be a Sentinel. Okay. Okay, so that's two episodes away. It's one called the Sentinel. So yeah, so I think that might be it. Um, uh, it reminds me of um, with two things. It reminds me of I forget which Saw film it is, but there's like a trap where the they're in like this woman's in this like crucifix thing. There's actually yeah. probably more traps that are like that. Um, and it also reminds me of like a Batman villain. There's like it's so cartoonish that he like w- like cranks this thing down. And there's a body like as like a save in the savior uh position, uh yeah. t- sewn up and stuff. Like it's just so over the top. As the people are writhing with gags in their mouths. It's funny that you yeah. say that because over the weekend, um, I watched two like I, I watched Beetlejuice and oh, I nice. watched uh the Tim Burton Batman with Michael oh, nice. Keaton. It was like two, you know, your Michael Keaton weekend. Um, Tim Burton, Michael Keaton. Keaton yeah, that's right. For, in preparation for Halloween, and um, it's totally like that Batman, where it's like over the top kind of. Uh, yeah, like cartoonish which, villain. Which again, I mean, that type of movie was intended to feel campy, and mm-hmm. so it's a little bit more in that more kind of this fits in that vein, American Horror Story vein. I felt like this episode stepped out of the kind of noir that we yeah. had been in up until now. Um, and how did you feel about it, Chris? Yeah, I mean, so I, I, I felt I felt, you know, a little a little disappointed with it. I, I did I have fun with it? Yeah. And you know, the tarot card right, reading scenes, that's kind of fun. And we went there multiple times. We already talked about how it felt forced and contrived and putting these people in those situations. Um, was it fun and did I enjoy the hour I spent watching it? Absolutely. Like I liked it. Uh, it, it, it's a little disappointing that it's veered from the tone that it had set in the first four episodes, which was so different than what it's done, but still had a great story that it was telling, had its issues here and there. And this one just kind of is turned out a more traditional um, American Horror Story episode. Characters made choices that didn't make sense or did things that they forgot they did in this, the previous episode. Um, the spooky factor was campy. Uh, a little over the top and not as uh, not as mood or, or um, atmospheric as it has been for the rest of for the beginning, the front half of the season. So, you know, it is fine. I enjoyed it. Uh, I didn't hate it. It's different. Um, what, what what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that this episode felt like a droopy middle for the, the season. Um, it, it felt like uh, the tone felt a little tinny i don't know not quite there off to your point i mean um it felt like a convergence it felt like a filler episode to me kind of um which is a disappointment um i don't know how much it really advanced the story i guess barbara's dead but like what role was she really playing previously um otherwise i don't know that i really have a feel for like how did this really advance much of anything other than we get like a little bit of whiteley's you know at motivations the end. to very very end which maybe we just needed more of that and less of the tarot stuff i just the tarot stuff was like seemed kind of out of nowhere bad character combinations poor to fran to feel, poor fran it tried to make us feel like it was spookier than it really was um put gino in a situation that fell out of character too 
Yeah, I just wasn't a huge fan of any of that. So that was kind of a bummer. Before we give ratings, tell me where your mind's at on Big Daddy. Okay, so he clearly is showing up when with people who are infected, it seems. Um, so do you think Barbara has HIV? I, I mean, she was sick, and I don't think she was pregnant because that, that's a darker place that they would go if they're killing her off and they find out that she was pregnant. Um, I think she does. I think, I think, like I said earlier, I, I'm theorizing that Patrick cheated on her when he was doing his leather stuff. And he brought mm-hmm. the disease into the house. And and I think he probably still was um, intimate with Barbara, maybe not all the time, but was enough that maybe he did get her sick. Uh, unbeknownst to him, obviously. Um, and he's shown up to Gino. He's shown up to Patrick, Big Daddy, that is. Um, and, and, and now Fran. And we don't, I don't know if we know Fran for sure, but Fran, obviously, we know is hooking up with um, Itchy Girl uh who that was at the doctor and then also um now we know that uh adam and adam has yeah. the low blood count and hannah has the low blood count and so that could mean that theo, uh, theo has it thank you i'm trying to remember everyone's name correctly so obviously those are all our main characters but i think they're all you know we're seeing big daddy around them because they are infected uh so Big Daddy is not, so Big Daddy is just um, as a metaphor for HIV that also like the metaphor has some kind of manifestation in reality that in the case of like Barbara really can like appear as a person and strangle her or appear in her mm-hmm. part, in her apartment to like beat the shit out of and assault Patrick. Yes, um, yes, that could be it. Or you know, if you want to look at it in like a more positive light, maybe Big Daddy is trying to prevent the spread and he's going around killing people who before they keep having sex with other people perhaps but then we would see big daddy handling probably with um um sam or someone who's a little more uh promiscuous uh yeah but that's just a possibility so i mean I, i think we've identified like where he shows up and who he's showing up to right yeah so given all that where are you in this episode you know, I I've been give, giving everything I think four and a quarter to four point seven five for the first couple episodes. I'm gonna give this one three point seven five. I thought it was good. I had a good time. It wasn't it was fun, but it, it it definitely veers into a different territory and not a lot happened, like you said. The only advancement of the story is we have more information about um Mr. Whiteley. Barbara's death doesn't mean anything to me because she flip-flopped her character and didn't have like didn't serve anything in the story as far as I know besides spinning wheels. Um Fran's whole learning about the um Kathy's other operation. I don't I don't know what that really means for the I'd rather have just stayed at the bathhouse and like had more of that dynamic there because that's more fun. So I don't know. Seems like filler. Yeah, I think you're right. So 3.75 yeah. by ties. Well, and for that reason, I'm going to drop it even a quarter point from that and give it a 3.5 for me. And that's, I mean, a lot of that is in comparison to four episodes leading up until this that I felt were really good and really on point, really yeah. consistent in tone, really like the characters felt very real and authentic. And to most of the extent, like their actions seem to like logically make sense with each other. And then this episode felt just offbeat in all those different ways. Um, so because of that kind of divergence, I feel like it, 
you know, not didn't quite hit the mark for me in that regard. So we're looking at a what? That's three and three plus 0. 0.75 and 0. 0.5. 7. So that puts us at 7.25. Thank you for following mental math. <laughs> um, 7.25 for this episode, uh, which I think is probably our lowest of the that's season. Not, Again, it's not, it's not that's terrible, not, but yeah. But for this, season. you know, this this episode has uh, been getting high marks, and so it's it's off in that regard. Um, but anyway, that's where we're at after after the episode. But I'll be curious to see where the body leads us, mm-hmm. um, which we will be reviewing in short order. Uh, but until then, Chris, where can people find you between now and the body? I'll be on Instagram and Twitter at Chris Husted. Chris with I don't know how much longer I'm gonna be on Twitter. Actually, it's I was about to ask you. Are you gonna pay for your blue check mark? Uh, hell no. Um, but I yeah, it's a lot of conversations happening. Like, is that the world I want to be in? I mean, professionally for journalism, you sort of have to have like a window into it. But personally, do I want my world out there the way it's going? I I'm leaning toward no. So we'll see. But anyway, <laughs> Tyler, we're yeah. Well, I'm going to say you can find me uh, on YouTube, I guess. At this yeah. American Horror Story podcast. Oh, that's right. That's right. Just search for us, uh, this American Horror Horror Story podcast on YouTube, and we show up. We have four videos up, and this will be the fifth. So, yeah, welcome to it. We appreciate your views. All right, everybody. Thanks for riding along with us. We'll look forward to talking with you about the body soon. And until then, happy hauntings.